Democracy. 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 Für ein starkes Europa der Kulturen und Regionen, welches nicht European Democracy Lab Podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. On the evening of the 9th of July 2020, several thousand protesters took to the streets of Sofia. Their anger was directed against Prime Minister Boyko Borisov, who was held responsible for the fact that police forces had searched the residence of the President of the Republic, Ruman Radov, earlier during that day. The protesters said that the search of the President's palace was a manoeuvre to discredit Radov, who had become an opposition figure within the country. The day after the upheaval and in light of the protests, Radov spoke to the nation. The Bulgarian mafia succeeded in unifying the honorable against itself. It's up to each of us to throw the mafia out of the executive, to throw the mafia out of the prosecutor's office. The mafia is ruthless in using the prosecutor as a shield and for political repression. The mafia is ruthless because we tolerated it for too long. Because for too long we were spectators. But for too long we accepted the lies of the TV screen. But today the anger is poured on the streets. Mafia is not a word that is spoken light-heartedly. Already before the protests of the 9th of July, three political scandals had rocked the country. The first one involved the Prime Minister Borosov himself. The national press published pictures of Borosov sleeping beneath piles of cash with a gun. Another scandal impacted the judiciary. Magistrates were accused of extorting money from the owner of a company producing elevators. Eventually, a third scandal, and probably the most significant, was uncovered by Hristov Ivanov, a minister of justice and today president of Da Bulgaria, a party fighting against corruption and a member of the opposition. In July, Ivanov filmed his arrival by boat at a public beach illegally occupied by the oligarch Ahmed Dogan. Ivanov was pushed back into the sea by what appeared to be private security agents. However, it soon became clear that they were actually national elite police officers who were protecting Ahmed's home in the light of an opaque arrangement between the leaders of the country and the oligarch himself. Today, the number of people protesting has actually declined as many expatriates have returned to their host countries. However, people continue to put pressure on the government. Indeed, young people that can't find employment uphold the protests. Over the past 30 years, Bulgaria has lost more than 2 million inhabitants. The main factor has been emigration. And if nothing changes, Bulgaria is set to lose another 2 million by 2050. So far, the response of the government has failed to reduce the tensions. As many as 200 people were injured during clashes with the police and thousands of citizens were arrested. According to Hristov Ivanov, president and leader of Da Bulgaria, the endemic corruption within the country is the main trigger for the continuing protests and unrest. Sort of a key elements is the feeling of deeply entrenched systemic corruption. It's not about the fact that a lot of public officials in Bulgaria tend to 
take bribes. Somebody recently did a calculation that during this uh, government of Bojko Borisov, there have been more than 70 large corruption scandals. People have been living in this situation in which you see corruption, you smell corruption, you can point to corruption, you live in corruption, and then there is absolutely no adequate institutional reaction, and particularly so from the prosecution service, which is, of course, the primary institution responsible to address corruption. Corruption in Bulgaria is not new. The NGO Transparency International says that for the last seven years, Bulgaria has been ranked last in the EU's list in the fight against corruption. The judiciary and the anti-corruption activities should lead the fight against corruption, but they notoriously appear as ineffective. This translates into a sentiment of distrust across the population. The people of Bulgaria therefore reject their institutions. In 2019, only 19% of Bulgarians said they trusted the parliament. Corruption planted its roots in Bulgaria a long time ago, during the Soviet era. And the transition towards a capitalist system has reinforced the same mechanisms. A network of organized crime organizations have taken over many state activities. According to some calculations, the shadow economy represents approximately 30% of the gross domestic product of Bulgaria, whereas corruption costs the state about 11 billion euros every year. Likewise, the protests have cast a light on the shortcomings in Bulgaria when it comes to the respect of the rule of law. In 2019, the NGO Amnesty International explained that journalists are under constant threat and pressure from political forces. Media organizations are in fact under political control. Amnesty International underscores how some minorities like the Roma people, migrants, Jews and the LGBT community are often the targets of hate speech and physical aggression. This podcast is a part of Europod, the first network of podcasts on Europe. Politics, economics, culture. Search for Europod in your browser or directly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and all listening platforms. Europod. Europe at your ears. So what next? How to tackle all of this? Can pressure by the people in the streets change things? Will it be enough? Unfortunately, this seems unlikely. The nationwide movement of 2013-2014 failed to bring about a systematic change. And what about the European Union? Do European institutions play a significant role? Bulgaria has been a member of the European Union since 2007. Since its entry, Bulgaria needs to abide by the so-called Cooperation and Verification Mechanism, or CVM, a policy tool aimed at guiding Bulgaria out of a state of corruption and towards respect for the rule of law. The European Commission claims that progress is being made. The Commission considered that the progress made by Bulgaria is sufficient to meet the commitments made at the time of Bulgaria's accession to the EU. At the same time, and that's also important to note, we made clear that Bulgaria needs to ensure a continued implementation of the necessary reforms, notably relating to judicial independence and the fight against corruption. Although there has been some progress, it appears insufficient. In 2020, the European Commission raised eyebrows regarding the independence of the judiciary, freedom of the press 
and the chronic difficulties of the NGO sector to access funding. The European Union has not been able to adopt concrete measures due to the specific division of competences between states and the EU. Mihai Korman is a researcher of European law at the University of Gand. He points at political factors. Until the beginning of October, the EU has remained silent with regard to the anti-corruption uh, mass protests in Bulgaria. And in my view, there are political and also structural reasons for the EU's silence. Borisov's GERB party is a valued member of the European People's Party, which is the dominant party in the EU. In the EU 27, 11 governments are currently led by EPP members. While Greens and Renew Europe criticized Bulgaria's government for backsliding on democratic values and abusing new funds, the EPP group demonstratively declared their support for Bulgaria's prime minister and his government. And furthermore, Bulgaria's prime minister is regarded as the guardian of the border between Bulgaria and Turkey, which in the context of the migration crisis is of very high relevance. However, there are some pathways that could lead to change in Bulgaria. One is linked to Article 7 of the EU Treaty. Article 7 can suspend the right of a member state to vote in the Council if it is in breach of the fundamental values of the Union. But Article 7 can only be applied through a unanimous vote of the member states in the EU Council. Countries such as Hungary and Poland, which are equally affected by problems linked to the respect of the rule of law, tend to back Bulgaria up. However, according to Mihai Korman, there are other ways to force Bulgaria to act. One enforcement mechanism discussed in the EU could be the rule of law conditionality in uh, the EU's multi-annual financial framework for 2021 and 2027. So far, EU leaders have agreed on the principles of uh, tying EU funds to the respect of the rule of law. However, the compromise was written in deliberately ambiguous terms to have all 27 governments on board. The current proposal of the German presidency of the Council of the EU foresees the suspension of EU funds if a member state breaches the rule of law. And such a suspension would only come to force if a prior rule of law dialogue fails and the Council, which consists of member states' representatives, votes in favor of such a suspension with the majority of its votes. Now, even if member states agree on a rule of law budgetary conditionality, which at this point is far from certain. In practice, this mechanism is expected to encounter some huge challenges. In the past, member states have been very reluctant to sanction a fellow member. In the light of this institutional inertia, the European Parliament has adopted a resolution that points out a significant deterioration in the rule of law in Bulgaria, as well as high levels of corruption, the presence of hate speech and the mismanagement of EU funds. The resolution is not binding, but it does back up the movements in the streets of Sofia and elsewhere in the country. More specifically, it makes the Bulgarian case a European affair. According to Huristov Ivanov, what is happening in Bulgaria must in fact alarm all citizens in Europe. What happens in Bulgaria is relevant for every European citizen, no matter where you live and where do you come from. It's a common fight and we have to treat it like this. It's a fight for freedom, for rule of law, for human rights and for human dignity. It's a common fight for turning the European Union from a bureaucratic, insular sort of lobby into a truly, genuinely representative, genuinely responsive to its citizens interest unity because I'm a very, very strong pro-European. Respect for the rule of law is a key principle of democracy and many Democrats throughout Europe are raising their voices against the alarming developments in Bulgaria, Poland and Hungary. 
The union's ability to deal with the rule of law is crucial not only internally, but also in relation to the promotion of its values towards non-EU countries and within the framework of the Eastern partnerships. Numerous studies have established a correlation between high democracy ratings, low levels of corruption, a healthy competition-based business environment and the strong rule of law. The Institute of European Democrats calls on all EU citizens to become aware of their fundamental citizenship duties and proactively shape their own future, to keep themselves constantly informed about ongoing events, to participate in elections, keep their national parliaments and the European Parliament accountable, and not to take the European values of democracy, human rights and the rule of law for granted. The European Democracy Lab podcast is a series by the Institute of European Democrats, a think tank and political foundation financed by the European Parliament. You can find more about this podcast and learn about our activities on the website www.iedonline.eu.